0: every team, every topic, everywhere this is
1: believe TDM Fantasy The TDM Fantasy the TDM podcast. podcast with your hosts Paige Demacos, Jamie Eisner and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDM Fantasy podcast,
0: Paige Demacos, Jake Arians, Jamie Eisner. And we are getting into all of week two in the NFL. We're going to react to the Thursday Night Football game that we all just watched, recording here Thursday night in uh, on the West Coast. For all of you that are listening, you will be listening to this on Friday morning on the East Coast because it's already approaching that time there as we sit here and record. Uh, some excitement in the Thursday Night Football game. I wasn't really anticipating that we would get Uh, as much excitement in this game as we got. So, Jake, I'll start with you first. We, unfortunately for you guys, you both picked um, Cleveland to cover the spread. They did not. Uh, Cincinnati in the backdoor cover or the backdoor borough, as Jamie said in the pre-show, kind of reminds me of what happened last year a lot maybe with Tyler Murray, where a lot of times they would come back and start slinging the ball around and get back in the games. But what was your takeaways uh, from this game tonight where Joe Burrow, he gave it his best effort there down the stretch?
1: Kyler Murray was solid. I don't think he ever looked like this. Uh, I mean, Joe Burrow with that offensive line, which is absolute garbage, throwing it 61 times, over 300 yards in a second start against a Cleveland defense that's pretty good. Uh, I mean, Cleveland had it in hand. It's exactly how I thought the game was going to go. The Baker Mayfield pick up 12 in the fourth quarter was absolutely horrendous after playing one of his best games in three years as a Brown. That pissed me off, um, not because we you know, we picked the game, whatever. Like It just pissed me off that he played that good and made that stupid of a mistake. When you're running it down their throat, your defense is playing good, you're playing complimentary football, and you put your team in a bind right there. That's stupid. Now, they got it back, and they scored, and they went up 12 again. Burrow played his ass off. That kid is a competitor, but I don't think he's going to finish the season if that's going to be their game plan. I am not happy I'm a Joe Mixon owner uh, Mm -hmm. because they're going to throw it a ton. We thought that. I'm I'm glad I'm a Tyler Boyd owner. Uh, But, look, this is the Cleveland Browns that Kevin Stefanski wants to be. It's what they were for a quarter and a half last week in Baltimore, and they couldn't sustain it because the game flow got out of hand. They want to run it. They want to play action, get Baker out of the pocket on the move. They want to bring Kareem Hunt in for a little bit of a one-two punch with Chubb. Uh, OBJ goes for like 74 and a touchdown didn't get over 100 I think that's 11th game in a row he didn't get over 100 yards uh, but it was a really solid win for the Browns but a Bengals team that's not near as bad as we thought they were going to be they're going to be in a lot of games and as Jamie said I think the, the backdoor bro is going to be the theme for the Bengals this year
0: Backdoor Burrow is uh, going to be a new segment on the show. I really, really enjoying that uh, that nickname that you gave there, Jamie. But I think the the big thing that we were looking for here, Jamie, was for the Cleveland Browns to show us something more in this game. Right? We wanted to see more from Baker. We wanted to see more from Odell Beckham Jr. We wanted to see more from this team overall to prove to us that this team wasn't just last year was just this bad mojo, right? Like they just had a bad year and they're going to come back and Baker's going to get it together. And that week one wasn't going to be how this, this season went. Did you see enough tonight to to put you in your confidence meter headed back towards this is a team that could potentially make the post season.
2: Yeah. They're headed back in the right direction. I mean, they're still going to have an uphill battle because it's still at best they're the third best team uh, in, in that division, but now we have three wildcard teams. So they have that benefit. But I really love their game plan early in this game. They knew that Cincinnati expected them to run a lot. They come out back-to-back play action passes. They get Baker Mayfield in space. They were scheming up uh, plays down the field for Otto Beckham. He ended up getting one on that almost touchdown, but he was he was open-ish on a few other ones that just there were other guys open or Baker didn't have time to get to. So they were scheming that up. Chubb looks really good. Cream Hunt, I think people have forgotten how good of a runner he is. Uh, he is not just a pass catching specialist, as we talked about on the show earlier this week, and you got to see that a little bit tonight. Uh, so, but to me, my biggest takeaway here for Cleveland was, as Jake said, this is exactly what the Kevin Stefanski dream scenario is. And that is the way they were able to run the ball effectively with both backs. Uh, you know, it could have been a whole different game for Chubb if he gets in on the first try and people are, you know, don't see him get stopped at the goal line, but this is what they want. Uh, run the ball effectively, rip off big gains, play action off of it, use, go to reverse, use the play action to set up the run because p- teams know that Stevansky wants to run the ball. Uh, I, w- I was pretty impressed. They still have an uphill battle. I still think this is a good, not great team. But you could, But there are going to be only good teams in the playoffs when you're, adding, when you're talking about those final two of the three wildcard spots. So this, this was the only thing they needed to do in this game was win. This would have been a disaster scenario if they lost. They come out, they win, they look good. They got 10 days to get prepared for their next game. And we'll have to kind of find out where the balance is because Baltimore is a hell of an opponent to have to face, especially on the road to open a season. And Cincinnati's still not very good as for all the heroics of Joe Burrow. They're still not a good team. So we have to kind of find where the middle ground is for this Cleveland team because I do think they're probably an eight or nine win squad. I think that's probably where they are right now. But I'm glad to see that they at least took care of business at home on a short week. This is what these are the games that you absolutely have to have if you're going to be a team that wants to play in January.
1: It's a great point, Jamie. I'd love to see them play the Colts or the Titans or somebody mm-hmm. in that middle of the pack that's probably as good, if not maybe a little bit more talented than them. And I think we got the answer tonight of what they want that mix to be. That your question was are we going to see Kareem Hunt out carrying Nick Chubb? No, I think they still want it to be like two to one Chubb with a few pass, you know, few passes in there. Chubb caught a really nice pass in the first half. Beautiful throw by Baker Mayfield. But Chubb reached out for away from his body, made a great catch. Uh, I think you're going to see a ton of usage from both. That's what they want. But I think Chubb's definitely still the guy early on.
2: Yeah, and, and some takeaways from Cincinnati for me. Uh, obviously, as Jake alluded to, not the greatest start to the season for Joe Mixon. I think through two weeks in PPR, he's right around the 20-point mark. It's not a disaster, uh, but it's not good, especially for where you were taking him in drafts. and uh, Their inability to get up in games is going to be we – we knew it was going to be a problem, but it's going to be a, a massive problem, especially if they're asking a rookie to throw 61 times. Uh, the other takeaway I had for this game was that it might get lost in the shuffle because of how good Burrow was at times, how good his ball placement was, how poised he was under pressure. A.J. Green had, Green had a brutal game. Uh, He was bad. He actively hurt Joe Burrow in this game Um, and, you know, came up a couple times a little bit, a little bit slow, a little bit shaky. Something I want to watch going forward because the AJ Green we saw on the field before week one last time would not have had this kind of game. And it's been two seasons now since we saw that AJ Green. Uh, I'm going to need to see more from him because uh, Joe Burrow put the ball on him a few times. And if you're going to be, a quote-unquote, an elite receiver for the next four years, you have to make those plays. And he wasn't even an average receiver tonight.
0: I don't think that A.J. Green is there anymore, unfortunately for him. I think he's going to have moments of greatness. But overall, um, it's hard to play consistently like that at a high level and and not have injuries impact your overall play. I want to know what you guys, before we get into these lines, it, what can the Cleveland Browns build off of from tonight? Because as exciting as Joe Burrow was, and as much as I like talking about that team, that's not a team that's going to make the postseason. And, and the Cleveland Browns are a team that I anticipate will be pushing for a playoff spot. If they, if they can build off of what they did tonight. So Jake, what did you see that was positive positive? that you think especially Baker Mayfield can build off of from this game specifically.
1: Well, it's the perfect preview for my article that's coming out tomorrow on coaches, quarterbacks that are new. Baker's on a new head coach, a new coordinator. Again, goes back to the first article I wrote about Alex Van Pelt. I think that's going to be huge for Baker. You could see him play with a swag tonight. You haven't seen it in a long time. He got hot early. The ball was coming out. It was firing. It was a tight spiral. It was in great windows. They put him on the move. It's exactly what they want to do. They got to keep building on this offense. This offense will keep getting better throughout the season. The more he gets the understanding of what Stefanski wants to do, the more offensive line continuity that they get, the more Stefanski learns what Baker likes and what he wants to do, and the more they put on film. The defense to me was the big question mark that needs to get better. Miles Garrett was good at times. His numbers were probably okay because I think he ended up with two sacks depending on the second penalty. Uh, strip fumble, but there wasn't a lot of pressure for a Bengals offensive line that was garbage. Denzel Ward played great. Greedy Williams wasn't in the game. Like, they got some pieces they could to get back, but they had to play better defensively. Like, the Bengals are a bottom-five team. Joe Burrows makes them better. They're interesting. But they're a bottom-five team, period. And, yeah, you dominated the game for the most part, had it in control, but you only won by five at the end of the day. Yeah. That's not good enough. But that offense is going to continue – to get better, as long as they can keep Baker playing like this, I'm not sure how good they're going to be if their game flow goes back to last week and they got to drop back and throw it a lot more.
2: Yeah, 23 throws today for for Baker, and I think that's kind of I think they want to be under 30, and that was yeah. what I was talked talk, talk about at nauseum in my projections when we did the preseason stuff about where they want him to be. And to your point about the defense, this game needs to look like how the Pittsburgh Giants game went for Cleveland. Uh, th- that's how it needed to work. Yes, you're going to have a quarterback that's going to make some deep throws on you because you're bringing in pressure, but you're in his face constantly. And they, they got pressure, but they didn't get pressure consistently and enough, and especially for a guy like Miles Garrett, who is an elite option on that side, needs to get there more often. Uh, my biggest takeaway for Cleveland going forward and what they can build on is Baker's confidence. And I thought we saw – An unconfident Baker in the second half against Baltimore as they were getting blown out. And I thought we saw a little bit more confidence, even right out of the gate here. Uh, These weren't two plays, but two things that I noticed. You have early in the game, you have a little bit of a scuffle between uh, offensive linemen and defensive linemen. And Baker is running over there and breaking it up. It got caught on camera the second time he did it later down the sideline. That's twice there that he is going in and saying, okay, I'm, I'm going to go back to, I'm the leader of this team. I'm going to stick my nose into these confrontations. I'm going to stick up for my guys. That's the Baker we saw in college. That's the Baker we saw as a rookie. And I think that is reminiscent of him getting a little bit more confidence back, a little bit more swagger back of like, okay. Because when you're not playing well, when you don't have any confidence, you're sulking. You're not, you're not going to be the guy that's running, up to, running into piles and, and defending your guys. So if he can continue that, Build off of the positives, which he was, he was really strong off of play action for the most part. Fix the mind numbing interception, where you that's the one where you have great quarterbacks kill the game there. That game is over at that point. And he allowed Cincinnati to get back in. They lead a great drive with those with Chubb and Hunt just ripping off like 10 yards of carry. But if that drive doesn't happen like that, if they get stopped on a third down, all of a sudden the Bengals are in a position to go back and try to win this game. So they got away with it there, but kind of build on that going forward. But for me, if he can play with this a, a confidence but not a cockiness, he will be very effective going forward.
0: Yeah, I think you go back to the homeless look that he had last year where we're laughing at him and poking fun at him, and he, he's wearing this big trench coat, and he looks like, he's, like, like he hasn't shaved or brushed his hair. Or like he just – he lost – who he was his identity was gone he wasn't that guy and he's clean cut baker again and he he looks the part he's acting the part and the swagger is back but man that defense has got to play better than that I I was really disappointed in what I saw defensively because that Cincinnati Bengals offensive line is atrocious it is so bad and kudos to Joe Burrow for making it through, but man, I saw somebody, I think it was Ryan Clark tweet jokingly that they should try to redshirt Joe Burrow this year in hopes of him not getting absolutely destroyed this season in Cincinnati. Uh, and kudos to Hank who might get his clutch nickname back here for his little, uh, nugget that he dropped in here. Burrow 61 pass attempts without a pick are the most by a rookie since 1950. That's a good little nugget there on Joe Burrow. Uh, Ahead, I, I'm James. assuming
2: the this, this stat stopped then because I want to know who in 1950 threw 61 passes in a game. Me too, there man. That must be like the, the cutoff point for the stat.
0: It's got to be. Maybe it's Sid Luckman for the Chicago Bears. Uh, all right. The LA Rams going on the road first. We're going through all the games here, so pay attention to all of the matchups. Okay, Norm Van Brocklin is my guess. I love it, Hank. You better go look that up now that you brought that up. Uh, that was LA- going to be my guest okay yeah go look it up Hank
1: let's see yeah you
0: yeah you go you go look it up and bring it back to us we'll give it to the it'll entice the podcast listeners to stay till the end for the big for the big answer LA Rams on the road playing the Philadelphia Eagles Eagles are a one-point underdog this is officially bet online I'm on their odds right now Eagles are a one-point underdog at home Jamie, let's go to you first here. Is this an overreaction to week one, or are the Philadelphia Eagles going to uh, take a loss at home here?
2: I was surprised by this. We we had a little bit of pre-show banter about this line. This is the only line I looked at. Like, there's some weird lines across the board there always, but this is the one I thought was the big overreaction. Uh, Not that the Eagles need to be heavy favorites here. They're not. But if you would have asked me before I looked, I would have thought, okay, Eagles are probably one and a half maybe two-point favorites in this game. Uh, I'm surprised to see them as an underdog with Miles Sanders coming back. Lane Johnson's probably going to play. I liked what the Rams did last week a lot, but that's still a West Coast team going across the country, and I still felt they left points on the board against Dallas. Like That offense should have scored a little bit more. Philadelphia's run defense is really good, so I don't know if they're going to be able to establish Malcolm Brown the way they were looking for. I want to see when Goff, when they put the burden on Goff to throw the ball 45, 50 times, which I think they might have to in this game, will he make an, Will he make enough plays relative to mistakes in order for them to come away with a road victory? So for me, I'm still looking at this as I'm going to take the Eagles here. I think this is a close game, but I think the Eagles are able to win at home. Getting Miles Sanders back will be extremely helpful. I understand the mismatch of Aaron Donald versus what's left of this Philadelphia offensive line. I get it, but... I'm not sure that I'm ready to say that the Rams are going to go in there yet and
1: win. I am. Uh, I'm going to ride the Rams again this week. Uh, I liked them last week. It's a little bit of an overreaction. The line probably is. I'm going to go with the Rams 27-17. No, excuse me, 27-21 is where I wrote down. I I think they're better. Philly's pass defense is still god-awful. And is Jared Goff going to be the guy if he throws it 45 times? If it comes out quick like it did last week, yeah. I like what they did. I think they'll incorporate some other stuff. Philly's secondary was terrible. Philly's offensive line was terrible. Lane Johnson comes back. I'm not sure it's going to be that much better. They're not getting any receivers back that are going to help out that much. I mean, Zeke looks pretty good, but Miles Sanders isn't Zeke. I I don't know. I mean, I I think the Rams win outright. They cover one. I got them 27-21. 27-21.
0: 27-21. All right. He's he's officially off the Carson West bandwagon already. I'm playing
1: him this week in at least one league. And that's the funny thing. I'm, <laughs> I'm, pl- not and I'm playing.
2: It. I, and I'm playing Cup in Woods in yeah. our league. So uh, I actually think this is going to be a, sort of Vegas. I think it's going to be a pretty high-scoring game. I'm excited. This is one of those ones that I think is low-key one of the best games of the weekend that people aren't talking about outside of those home markets. I mean, there's a lot of focus on a lot of the other stuff, particularly the – The 425 and some of the primetime games, but this is going to be a really exciting game. And this is a game that, you know, Philadelphia really—I mean, not that any team can—but Philadelphia really can't afford to go 0 and 2. And if the Rams go 2 and 0, they're going to set themselves up to be competitors, and they're going to be in that wild card race. I don't think they're going to win that division, but they're going to be in a good spot there. So I'm excited to see this because I don't necessarily trust either one of these these defenses in total. Uh, Obviously, Philadelphia is less so than anybody, but. I want to see Carson Wentz's response. I want to see: do we get the Wentz in the first half? Do we get the Wentz in the second half? Uh, the, what, what is the response in this game? Sanders being back should help, but boy, if the Eagles lose this game, we get decimated on the line again. I, I don't know. We're gonna have some. There's going to be some really tough conversations happening on Philadelphia sports radio on Monday morning.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, that I'll uh, just like to be a fly on the wall for that. For all those Philadelphia people going absolutely nuts if they start the season on two. All right, the Carolina Panthers going on the road to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jake will not be picking this game. Jamie will. Jamie, it's a big spread. Eight and a half points for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home. Uh, For all that chatter happening in the national media, I looked at this and went, well, that's interesting. Uh, So we've got a couple of injuries here. Mike Evans questionable with a hamstring. Chris Godwin questionable with a concussion. Saw today Mike Evans i anticipate that he's, he's going fine. to play. He's yeah. fine yeah he's fine i was gonna say he's gonna be fine uh my obviously concussion protocol is a little bit more dicey uh as it pertains to Chris godwin so we'll have to monitor that on sunday morning but jamie eight and a half points how are you feeling about this one
2: i'm still taking the bucks uh brady's not gonna go 0-2 uh i will remind you the last time he lost he went 0-1. He responded with a 447-yard three-touchdown game against a much better New Orleans Saints team than what the Carolina Panthers are going to roll into Tampa with. Uh, this is going to be the ultimate Brady-FU game with or without Chris Godwin. I think he's always shown some early chemistry with, with Scotty Miller on the outside. If, if Watson has to play a li- if, Watson, if Watson has to play in the slot to replace Godwin, I think he'll be okay as well. It won't be as good, obviously, but, but he's going to have plenty of weapons there. Carolina hasn't stopped the running back in what feels like five years now. And Ronald Jones should be able to, if they're going to establish the run like they did last week, Ronald Jones is going to run all over them. Uh, but I think the biggest mismatch and uh, for fancy purposes, where I'm starting is Tampa Bay's defense. Uh, what they did, what they did the back half of last year, what they did against the saints. I will remind you that last year against Christian McCaffrey in sixty, in 30, on 38 rushing attempts. They held him to 1.79 yards per carry. 1.79 for Christian McCaffrey. It sounds a lot defense, like
1: Alvin Camara last week.
2: Absolutely. That run defense is still the best in football. Pass defense is extremely underrated. And I think the rest of the league will start to catch up in a few weeks to that. Uh, I just can't see how Carolina keeps up in this game. I think this is going to be an absolute nightmare for Teddy Bridgewater and company. This should be a multi score blowout for Tampa Bay.
1: I- Let's hope so. I, I, th- I think I agree with all. I mean, it was great analysis. I agree with all that. I mean, basically, a pissed off Brady or as he was described to me today as salty uh, and loved the saltiness. I think Chris Godwin's going to try to do some stuff tomorrow, which means he can take the concussion test uh, afterwards or Saturday and clear. Uh, they don't have to fly. So that helps. I think he'll play. I don't know how much he will be a factor because he wasn't a part of the game plan with Brady all week, but we'll see. Uh, I mean, you, you got a lot of pride on this really, really talented bucks team who's going to get better every single week. But I think they might set themselves up for a little disappointment later because I think they're going to look so good this week. It's going to get hard to get back to that for another three or four weeks. I think this is going to be exactly what Jamie said, turn it around. Should be some fun. It is a big line, though.
0: It's a big line, but it's an unfortunate reality for Carolina as they kind of set themselves up to be the the sacrificial lamb here for Tom Brady because, unfortunately for them, I wouldn't want to be the team that had to play – this team after tom brady lost in game one and had to hear all the crap from the national media all, all week long i just wouldn't want to be that team manufactured and
1: sure bullshit we'll call it because it, it was a, a, the biggest non-story story ever
0: just, you know just adding just adding to the tom brady corkboard. just keep adding the material people just keep giving him stuff he doesn't even need to but he's he, he usually has to manufacture some of this shit. You guys are actually giving it to him this year. You guys are stupid. Like, I can't – if I was Carolina, I'd be like, please shut the hell up. Please be quiet. Like, I don't need to hear it. And this is – this Teddy Bridgewater-led team – Come on. And, and, and that defense that's – It's an whoa,
2: extremely it's, young is, defense. Uh, it yeah, just, this is not, not a good situation for, for Carolina. I all mean, no, accounts,
1: they flew around pretty good, though, last week. And that offense has enough motion moving guys around that your eyes better be in the right place. So it wouldn't surprise me if they catch them once or twice. But that defense is so good. If the Bucks score early, they're going to completely get Carolina out of what they want to do, and that should be how to get this pass rush going. that was a little bit lacking last week.
0: Yeah, uh, a little bit lacking, especially according to PFF. I think they graded out pretty poorly. So let's see, let's see what they can do this upcoming week. All right, Tampa Bay, uh the Denver Broncos. Next one here, going on the road to play the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers are a seven and a half point favorite at home, guys. Jake, I'll go to you first here. Since you didn't talk about the the last game. Philip Lindsay uh, has been out a lot of this week, questionable with the toe. Corlin Sutton, questionable shoulder AC joint. Uh, what do you think is going to happen in this
1: one? Uh, I think the Steelers are going to roll. I got 28 17. I loved what they did in the second half when Ben kind of got comfortable. I think he's going to get better and better first three or four weeks. I, I saw some moron talking about he didn't have his fastball yet. He had every throw he needed in the second half. He looked like Ben to me. Uh, the defense picked up right where they left off last year, they looked phenomenal. Daniel Jones and the Jet and the Giants were ready to play last week. I was impressed with what Joe judge put out there. They just don't have that much, but he played pretty well. Yes. He turned it over, but he made some throws on that defense, which is legit. And he was under a ton of heat. Drew Locke is about to get baptized. We talk about that offensive line and the pressure he's going to be facing. If Cortland Sutton doesn't play, if Lindsay doesn't play, AJ Boye banged up. This Denver team was already up against it. And now they're getting some injuries. Uh, I don't like it. I got I got Pittsburgh 28-17. Uh,
2: yeah, I agree. I, I, I wish the, the hook wasn't there uh, just to give me a little extra insurance, but uh, I think the Steelers' role in this game, uh, Boye is going to be out, so he's not going to play in this, so they're down their top corner. Uh, we'll see how much Sutton plays. I, I just uh, – I still want to see more from Drew Locke, and I know there's like this weird – there's this weird group where like some people hate Drew Locke, some people love Drew Locke, and it's tough to have an actual conversation about him right now. But they don't ask him to do a lot. And I want to see what happens in a situation when they need him to do more. And so if the Steelers play this defensively like they did against the Giants, then Drew Locke's going to have a problem because he cannot make those big-time throws that Daniel Jones can make. Now, he doesn't make the same boneheaded mistakes, or at least we haven't seen it yet, that Daniel Jones makes. But again, I think this is a mismatch. Uh, I expect big games from Juju, Deontay Johnson. Uh, James Conner is going to play. He was a full practice, he was full practice today. So they're going to have Conner and Snell at, at their disposal. I, I just – the way – Ben got the rust out of him in that first half where he looked a little bit timid, a little nervous, and then looked like the, his old self in the second half. Be back here at home. I, I can't see the Broncos putting up enough points to stay in this game.
0: Ben did say he felt, uh, the quote was like, he felt like he got hit by a train on day one after the game, and the second day he felt like he got into a car crash, and the third day he's hoping he felt a little better. So hoping for Ben that he's feeling a little bit better this upcoming weekend, because uh, I read that quote and chuckled to myself, I was like, yeah, didn't play football for a whole year. It's a little bit different when you're back in there It'll taking a this again. Yeah, I was just like, okay. All right. Yep. That's that's that sounds. I'll tell you what's
1: exciting. There is how excited he is to be playing football with his teammates. How much he appreciates the game again. That's scary for teams that got to play them.
0: Yeah. You. uh, You saw his. It's been a while. Yeah, his post-game interview was almost borderline emotional. Um, he looked like he was almost going to cry talking about why he's playing. He's playing for his teammates. His teammates love him. He loves his teammates. It was it was very uh, – you could tell he was really emotional to be back out there playing with his guys. And uh, we know Juju smith was happy. It uh, was about the, the shit, most shit-eating grin I've ever seen on anybody's face uh, sitting in the end zone looking to the touchdown cam. So uh, I think he was he's pretty a- happy.
2: He's got a third-round rookie corner on him this week, too.
0: Oh, yeah. Sign me up for that. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons going on the road to play the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are a four-and-a-half-point favorite at home here, uh, coming off a loss, right? Everybody in that division in the NFC East is looking up at the Washington football team, As just as we all predicted going into the season. Uh, Atlanta coming off a loss, uh, an ass-whooping by the Seattle Seahawks. Jake, you first – Cowboys at home zero and one they definitely don't want to go down zero and two after a a lot of expectations coaching change in the offseason do you think they take care of business and cover that four and a half point spread
1: no I think they win I got them 31 28 I don't think they cover that I think this is absolute shootout the Cowboys have lost a ton on this defense already Blake Jarwin going out hurts that offense uh I think you'll see a better Cowboys offense this week, but it's primed to see a lot of the same, just execute it better. Um, I think the Cowboys are better because Atlanta's defense, regardless if Cowboys are banged up or not, is not – they're just awful. Like I said last week, I think the Atlanta Falcons offense is going to be a shootout every week. The game flow is going to be what you saw. Matt Ryan might lead the league in passing, and I don't know that it's going to lead to a lot of wins. Uh, But I don't think the Cowboys can cover four and a half. I think Atlanta's going to be right there. And maybe it's a backdoor cover – but they're going to be fighting. Matty Ice will be fighting to the end of this one.
2: Yeah, and I've gone back and forth on this as well. I'm going to lean the Falcons here to cover. I don't think they win, but I don't know who on Dallas is going to stop the combination of, of Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and Russell Gage and Hayden Hurt. Like, I, I don't know who's going to make these stops for them. And, and I think the Dallas is going to have enough to get it done in the end, but it just mostly because the Falcons defense can't can't stop anybody, but I don't know if I trust Dallas secondary much more right now, to be perfectly honest with you, especially against these weapons. So uh, I think Dallas is going to have enough to pull it out in the end, but I think this is going to be a very close game, three or four points. So while I got that extra hook, I'm going to take the Falcons plus four and a half.
0: Okay. Indoor yeah. game for them
2: too. So nope. it's a road game, but it's an indoor road game. <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, especially considering some of their, as we've talked about, their really tough road schedule. Some of their uh, road games are outdoors in cold weather in later months, i.e. Kansas City and Green Bay. Not going to be fun games for Atlanta to have to play outside. All right, so the San Francisco 49ers, another team that started off 0-1, a team that has high expectations. Going on the road to play the New York Jets. The Niners are a touchdown favorite in this one on Online right now. Listen, uh, the Niners, the team that everybody talked about, we know what the Super Bowl hangover is, but this is a team that's got a high – they want to get there. They don't even want to get there. George Kittle, they want to win the whole damn thing. So, Jamie, can't go down 0-2. Not in this division. They've got a lot of competition in just in that division alone, let, out, let alone in the NFC. They not, cannot afford to do that, especially against a team like the New York Jets. You have them going on the road and, and covering a touchdown spread.
2: I do. Um, if the Jets were fully healthy, I think I would have taken them in the points in this, but no Lev Bell, maybe no Jamison Crowder. That I just don't know how the Jets are going to put up points. I mean, those that's where Fan Donald is going to lean on. Uh, I, it was going to be like the Chris Herndon, you know, Denzel Mims game, game. I just I don't know how – this Niners defense should still feast in this game and should cause a lot of problems for Darnold, even as good as, as Beckton looked in week one uh, as their new left tackle. The Niners got to win this game. They're banged up. Kittle's probably going to play, but he's not going to practice all week. They're going to try to get Sanu involved here early in this game. Uh, I think they're going to have enough to get done just because I don't think the Jets have – they don't have a lot of firepower to begin with and no Lev Bell, no possibly no Crowder. I don't know where else any of these points are going to come from for Sam Darnold, especially with pressure in his face. So I'm going to take the Niners here. I mean, there are a lot of red flags about this game, about, again, West Coast going to East Coast. Darnold plays better at home. Everybody's banged up at San Francisco, but – are just, just as banged up as they are, so I think that kind of evens things out a little bit. I'm going to take the Niners here.
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, that was perfect, spot on analysis. I'm going to go 24-16. They cover, but barely. Uh, the only fantasy value I love in this game is Raheem Mostert, uh, mm-hmm. and I don't love it, but I feel pretty good about it. The rest of them, it's, it's a crapshoot. Yeah, you're probably playing what,
2: Kittle if he's active. Like I don't, I you're doubt playing you're not him. I
1: just don't feel that right? good about.
2: Yeah, I dropped him to like tight end five or six in my upcoming rankings, which feels blasphemous for him. But
1: Hmm.
2: I think he's going to be on a pitch count no matter what, Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not going crazy and dropping or not dropping somebody and playing like Logan Thomas over him, but I think you just kind of have to roll with him if he's out there.
0: Yeah, he's uh, he. I mean, it's George Kittle. What are you gonna do? But it's he hasn't been practicing all week, and uh, it's it's not gonna be his best performance. And if they go up early, maybe they'll sit him down and and not have him as, as involved in the offense. All right, divisional game. Buffalo Bills going on the road to play the Miami Dolphins. The Bills are a five and a half point favorite going on the road here. Listen, uh, we have – this Buffalo team showed us a lot last week, but there were some mistakes and some points left on the board by, by Josh Allen. Jake, do you think they can go on the road and cover a, a five-and-a-half-point spread?
1: Absolutely, I do. I got them 28-17. I think it could be worse than that. Josh Allen got better even though he left those two touchdowns on the board that he missed. He still progressed in my opinion. He played pretty well last week. Their defense is legit. I don't know what Miami's got left on their offense that's healthy that's going to go out and put up points. Uh, their defense is okay, but I, I cannot see Miami putting up enough points to hang in there. That's a pretty low spread to me. I thought this would be a bigger number than that.
2: Yeah, as did I. I'm, I'm taking the Bills here to cover. Uh, the Bills offense basically can do what New England did last week, but better. Uh, same type of philosophy, have run heavy quarterback, go multiple backs out of the backfield. Uh, I think Zach Moss has a sneaky good day here. Uh, I mean, he split carries 50-50 with Singletary, but he got all of the goal-to-go work that didn't go to Josh Allen, pretty much. So uh, I think he's a pretty solid play here. John Brown looked like he had an injury at practice, but came back and practiced in full uh, today, so they're going to have all their weapons. I, I don't think Miami's going to have enough here. Uh, I'm I just They're not going to be able to run it on Buffalo. This is another one of those where Buffalo has the advantage on almost every facet of this game. Uh, I know they're on the road. I know it's division, but th- this should have been a touchdown spread as well. So, I, What do you I'll think
1: about Josecki here, Jamie?
2: Don't like him. Uh, I don't like him. I don't this either. I, I, he's outside my top 15 this week. So he's a sit. Yeah. He's actually in my start uh, sit as my start sit column. Like I, yeah. Not the week for him. Uh, struggled against Buffalo last year. Uh, I, Not in this matchup. Okay. All right.
0: Minnesota Vikings going on the road to play the Indianapolis Colts. Okay. Uh, Guys, one of the teams that we were very critical of on Monday's show uh, was the Indianapolis Colts. We were all really disappointed in what we saw, the game plan, how they executed the second half for Phillip Rivers was a big disappointment. Uh, And Minnesota, quite frankly, was a team that everybody was quite not as much the podcasts I'd say, but the outside world, they were the favorite to win this division. Uh, I didn't really understand it, but, with all that turnover and everything that had happened, uh, this team would then start this season off 0-2. Uh, which team do you see battling it out here? Because both teams really need a win here, Jake, and, and Indianapolis is at home. Do you see them taking a win and, and covering that three?
1: I do. I got them 28-24. I don't know that I love it. Uh, I mean, Indianapolis pissed me off to the point where I had to talk about it on the show the other day the Vikings were so bad. We didn't talk about it. Like it was, we, we just talked about how great Aaron Rodgers was uh, because the Colts were so disappointing that it, they kind of did it to themselves. I mean, they're so much more talented than Jacksonville. I hated the game plan, but if they have that game plan against the Vikings, I think they'll probably be pretty successful. Um, I'm not sure what to expect from Dalvin cook. You'll probably get his feeling could be okay here. I think T Y bounces back. is a big thing. I think, I think, Going back to what I said about tomorrow's article and these quarterbacks with new places, they're going to get better week to week. They're going to see a ton on film. And when you have a guy that's that experienced, he doesn't need as many reps as a younger guy because mentally he's not going to make the same mistakes he made last week. Uh, I don't love it, but I'm going to take the Colts to cover that.
2: Yeah, I, I hate this game uh, I've, uh, from a spread standpoint. I do have a lock from this game, but it's not the spread because uh, I've gone back and forth. I think this is a, a field goal game. These are two of the most evenly matched teams. Uh, I'm going to lean toward the Colts to cover at home. Uh, like I said, I don't feel great about it. But what I do feel good about is I like the over here. One of my locks is over 48. Uh, I would buy the half point if you need to because that line's kind of moved around at bet online. Uh, I don't trust either one of these secondaries. And right now, I don't see anybody in Minnesota secondary that can run with T.Y. Hilton and Paris Campbell. Uh, and, and in Indianapolis, I don't see anybody that I trust to cover Adam Thielen and those couple, and those bunch of tight ends that they have. And, uh, so to me, I look at this game, I this is going to be a shootout. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot. I think we're gonna see a lot more passing than either team probably hopes for in this game because the secondaries are extremely vulnerable. Uh, I wouldn't be worried about the running backs either. I think the Jonathan Taylor show is going to be, is going to be fun to watch, uh, for Indianapolis. Uh, I, I'm just looking. At, I'm looking at these two games. and I'm looking at these two teams, and I'm going. Uh, this is going to be a low-key shootout. I just don't trust either one of these secondaries. I don't trust their defenses. I think they can both run on each other. I think they can both get behind them. I see mismatches all over the field. Uh, I'm actually really excited to watch this game because I think Philip Rivers has a lot to prove to, after this week to sling it around here at home. Um, I believe are they going to have fans in this game? They might. I can't remember which teams have I'm, the fans. Yeah, I, yeah, think, I they think they're going to have
1: five, five or six thousand. A little bit of a, yeah.
2: So I, I'm really looking forward to it. And by the way, just remember, you know, this, this Colts team gave up a 95% completion percentage to Gardner Minshew last week. Okay. Kirk Cousins will carve them up if he needs to. So I, I really like the over in this game. I, I hate the spread. I'll take the Colts to cover because they're at home and it's, it feels like a tiebreaker across the board for me, but I do
1: like the over. I love all of that, Jamie, but it wouldn't surprise me if there's 75 runs in this game. Like,
2: but if there week, are, week that two, the, then they're working.
1: Yeah. Exactly. They're like week two and we don't get anything we're expecting to get. Like it wouldn't surprise me at all, but I loved all that. couldn't agree more.
0: Yeah. There's uh, going to be interesting to watch these two teams. I, I think there's a lot of pressure on both sides here, right? There's a lot of, a lot of pressure on Minnesota to win and bounce back and look much better. Uh, that score didn't, was not an indication of how that game went last week against Green Bay. And the same thing with Indianapolis and, and Phillip rivers.
2: Yeah. Jamie, I, and,
0: yeah I was going to say, go ahead. I know you got something to say. No, over there. I, I,
2: well, one, I don't think Cousins is going to throw it only five times in the first half again. And two – Probably
0: not.
2: And two, um, against the Packers last week, Minnesota's run defense is not great anymore. They've lost a lot up front uh, in this offseason. They allowed five yards to carry just the Packers running backs like last week. I, I, Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines are going to have a day here. Uh, I, just, I think this is, this is going to be a fun game to watch because this is uh, – I, I, we all know the 0-2 stat. You can read about it at thedraftnetwork.com. Alexis wrote about it for us. We all know what that stat looks like, and it's still not good even with the extra playoff team added. I think it only gives you like a 2-ish percent boost. Both of these teams are going to be in a dogfight in their divisions and in very winnable divisions, and basically this is going to be an elimination game to see who can actually win their division. They might be able to bounce back and be a wild card team, but neither one of these teams can afford to go 0-2 because they're going to be answering a lot of questions.
0: Phil, the Phil, please take care of business, big dog, and put this Minnesota team away early for me. Please, I'll, I'll be looking out for that one on Sunday. The Detroit Lions going on the road to play the Green Bay Packers. Listen, I saw this line and I went, oh, baby, that might be an overreaction to the Aaron Rodgers hype. Why I say that is because traditionally, Stafford and Rodgers, it is. Always good game and Rogers usually has to throw an outrageous last minute touchdown to win these games. And it is a six and a half point spread. The Packers are favored by six and a half. I know what you saw from green Bay last week, and I'm driving the Aaron Rodgers hype train, but I've also watched these two teams and I've watched Stafford and Rogers play against each other for a very long time. And that offense in Detroit can put up points. So Jake, do you think Detroit is going to lose by a touchdown? Do you have Green Bay covering six and a half here?
1: I do, but I don't love it. I got a 30 to 23. I do have them covering that. It comes down to one guy, to your point. That's Kenny Galladay. Does he play? If Galladay plays and and the Lions have their full complement of weapons, I really don't love this. I'm going to buy the hype a little bit. They went 13-3, and three and none of us thought it was there. Some of it was schedule, whatever. They come out and light it up in week one. They look like they progressed off of that. Uh, The Lions were okay, but they blew a lead that they shouldn't have blown last week. I think they got to have a guy like Galladay to be at full speed offensively. They don't want to run it with Adrian Peterson as many times as they did. Um, And if they do, I think they're going to get their doors blown off. So it's going to be a bit of a shootout, but it all depends on Galladay playing to me.
2: Yeah, and I don't think he's going to. He hasn't practiced all week. It seems unlikely. I'm going to take the Packers here, and I'm not that worried about it. Um, I I did not like what I saw from Detroit in week one. Uh, I don't like them going on the road here with the Packers having the full complement of of limited, but still really good weapons. Um, The quarterback situation in Detroit, I mean, Trufant's banged up. uh, Gokuda's banged up. I mean, there's just a lot of things that are just not in a really good spot right now. Uh, I, I like the Packers to cover this game. It's not a lock, but it's I like it more than Paige does.
0: Dang, there is like 17 Detroit Lions on the injury report as I'm scrolling through here. It is outrageous. Yeah. I'll
2: check it. coaching tree.
0: Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> it's, a, it's a, yeah, I'll check coaching tree. That's true. Uh, that's a good point, Jamie. I wouldn't be surprised. All right, next up, uh, talking New York Giants going on the road to play the Chicago Bears. The Bears are a five-point favorite at home. This is going to be so interesting between Daniel Jones and Mitchell Trubisky. I am just so – I am so excited for the Daniel Jones experience in Chicago uh, with that defense and also what the hell are we going to see from Trubisky in this offense for the whole game coming off of that performance. There's a lot of question marks here. So five's a little hefty for me even as a Bears fan. Jamie, what do you think about this one?
2: A little hefty. Uh, I'm not sure if the Giants are going to win, but I think this is going to be a field goal game. I'm going to take the Giants to cover here. Daniel Jones made some throws. I, was, I, I know he had some just mind-numbing turnovers, especially that one in the red zone. But you, if you take away Daniel Jones – now, you can't do this. It's not how football works. But if you take away Daniel Jones' three worst plays every game, he's one of the seven best quarterbacks in football. You can't do that because he takes—he knocks himself way back down because he, just, he punishes himself. Uh, but he makes some really good throws in this game. Uh, I still don't, I trust Trubisky against Detroit. I don't necessarily trust Trubisky against everybody else consistently. This is going to be a weird game. I mean, you have two quarterbacks that could each, if you told me we are here on Sunday night, we're recording and you tell me that either quarterback has 300 yards and three touchdowns. I'll be like, okay. you tell me one of the quarterbacks has 127 yards, 45 cent completion and two interceptions? I'd be like, yeah, I could see that too. Uh, this is, this is going to be an erratic game. Uh, I'm going to take the Giants in the points here, uh, plus five. Uh, I like David Montgomery this week from a fantasy perspective. He's a, he's a low-end RB, two. I think he's going to have a really solid game. Uh, I think Saquon Barkley, who, by the way, handled uh, some criticisms from Tiki Barber with the utmost class in his press conference today. I think he's going he's to be out seeking revenge. And again, that defensive front for Chicago isn't as strong as it was last year because of injuries and opt-outs. That is an area where they can be exploited a bit. I think this is a field goal game. Uh, so I'm really excited to watch this. This is, again, that might not have any playoff implications by the time we get to December, but this is going to be one of the most enjoyable games of the weekend that's flying under the radar.
1: Could not agree more. I got the Bears going 2-0, and but not covering that. I got 24-20. Agree with all of that. Trubisky was impressive last week. I think his confidence is soaring. I think the locker room and the organization confidence in him is soaring. I'm not sure how far it's going to soar. Uh, I was impressed with Joe Judge as a head coach in his first game on Monday Night Football against the Steelers, completely outmanned. And, yeah, Ben started a little rusty. It took a little while. But we're talking completely outmanned. And they hung in there. And Daniel Jones doesn't make two stupid freaking turnovers. He's like the dumbest smart dude ever, like three times a game, right? You've heard that? We all know how freaking brilliant he is. But, like, he does some of the dumbest shit you've ever seen. They're in that game. Like, I liked how hard they played. They have a little edge with Joe Judge. I'm not real sure. I, I, Trubisky's got to prove it to me again that he can do it. I think he's going to feel better than he's ever felt going into a game. More confident in himself. Yes. I'm not sure whether it's going to take him. I still got to see it. But I agree with Jamie. I think, I think it's a three-point game. Yeah, I think this is three, really four. cool. I got 24-20.
2: And it's a good game for all involved. Allen Robinson, top 10 wide receiver. Anthony Miller, top uh, top 25 wide receiver. Uh, you know, Darius Slayton's worthy of a flex play. He
1: looked um, great last week. That he was, did. Darius Slayton looked, for the questions we had coming into the season, it was not He shut a, me up. Yeah, it he was shut not me up that a week flash one. in the pan, man. He looked legit. So, yeah. I,
2: I, this is going to be a low-key, like, really strong fantasy day. Yeah, this is going to be, be a fun for the fantasy owners.
1: You guys remember when we talked about the Giants in our off-season preview? And I said they need to use Evan Ingram as a receiver and have an inline blocker so he doesn't play as much and it would benefit him. They're not. Jason Garrett's using him like they've used every tight end ever, and he's getting his ass kicked. Even with if Golden Gatehouse. they asked out. him to block Khalil Mack like he did T.J. Watt and Bud <sighs> Dupree the other night, Mm-mm. it is going to be a nightmare for that cat. Like, that scares the shit out of me. They better get somebody else in there that actually plays the tight end position but going back to Darius Slayton, it looks like the best receiver on their team. I was impressed.
0: Sign me up for that one, because Khalil will be getting to Daniel Jones and making that day really, really bad, if that is the case. And the one thing I will say is that Giants defense is not very good. And I they
1: played they played okay. They, 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 they have nothing.
0: They didn't have, they have to do much in the first but they half. They played
1: the hard, season. and they were. They, I, I was I was not disappointed for his lack of, the lack of talent that they have.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, if Trubisky is feeling himself a little bit and has his confidence going for a full game, they'll be in a good spot. But it is a prime
1: position for Trubisky to have a solid one to put two back-to-back and really grow into something. Yep. We haven't seen that yet, so we're all questioning until we see it twice. We're all questioning that, but it is primed and ready for him to take the next step of his career. If he could do that back-to-back weeks – He'll shut a hell of a lot of people up in the Windy City.
0: Yeah, especially with that New York media uh, cover in that game. It'll be an opportunity with Chicago and New York to really quiet people down. Um, want to see David Montgomery a lot more in this game, too, so hopefully we see that. I anticipate we will. The uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Ooh, that's a big spread. Jacksonville Jaguars going on the road to play the Tennessee Titans. The Titans are an eight-point favorite at home. Uh, Jacksonville obviously Showed up last week uh, Minshew Minshew mania mustache mania uh, just through, I have seen all of the takes About Garner Minshew Including on tonight's would you rather uh, With Kyle Krabs and, and Joe Marino. there were many Questions about Would you rather have Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo or Garner Minshew Would you rather have insert any quarterback Or Garner Minshew it's it's out of control uh that all being said Tennessee barely squeaked by with a victory on Monday night football they're here and they're an eight point favorite Jake you're you're part of the fan club you're part of the mustache club do you think Gardner can uh can cover that spread
1: look man I'm in on the mustache that son of a bitch competes he gets after it man he ain't to beat him by eight what the hell did you see from the Titans against the Broncos or whatever that didn't this this line came down some too didn't it? what a ten yeah it was point? it it
2: was it was up it was depending on where you were it was nine and a half or ten
1: I saw there. something float across the screen the other day and went wow uh look can Jacksonville does it make sense no did we talk about the bills last year not making sense and winning a lot of damn games being in a lot of They got young dudes that want to play hard for Doug Marone, that he's got him out there with nothing to lose. I don't think they win, but I think they hang around and cover this. 27-21, they stopped the run against Indy. They jumped in there and played really physical against a much better offensive line than Tennessee has. I could be dead wrong. They may lay an egg in this one, and this is the interdivisional thing. Uh, But from what we've seen to look at right now, there's no way in hell I'm picking Tennessee to cover that.
2: Couldn't agree more. Uh, This is one, uh, this is not a lock, but this is like right under uh, in that like upper echelon territory for me is Jaguars plus eight. Um, I look, the Titans are likely going to be without AJ Brown. Corey Davis is going to be banged up a little bit. I I know the offense runs through Derrick Henry, but the offense ran through Derrick Henry two years ago and three years ago. And this wasn't the same Titans team. It's different when you have a strong, efficient quarterback also operating on the other side. And I don't know where else is the ball going to go. Like Khalif Raymond I mean, with all due respect, I don't think they—I don't think Tennessee is going to just be able to get up and run away with this one. Uh, and even if they do get up a couple scores, Gardner Mitchell is going to go crazy in the fourth quarter and backdoor cover this. Like I, I just—I I think the—I think the Jaguars match up actually decently well. I'm not picking them to win this game necessarily, but I think they can run the ball on Tennessee with with James Robinson. They have all their weapons right now. I think this is going to could be a very interesting LaVisca-Chenault game where they kind of use him all over the place, even more so than they did in Week One. I think the Jags are competitive in this game and I'm thankful the schedule gods did not put this on Thursday night football for what feels like the 87,000th consecutive years in the worst uniforms no, of all that's time. Miami
1: Jacksonville next week,
2: but we get punished it next week, but at least we don't get those two God awful like primary color uniform Thursday Weird. night games that just make yes. you want to stick Must, an ice pick mustard in your eye. yellow. Uh, but Oh, I think, I think the Jags make this uh, competitive. I don't think they win, but I think this is going to be a competitive game. Uh and, and, my goodness, maybe they're going to need a game-winning field goal from Steven Goskowski again
1: to get by here. Your they God. might. They might, listen, and it would not shock me. Listen,
0: coming off of the fact that I had to hear Cody Parkey's name seven times during tonight's broadcast, I had just about enough. The only kicker I want to talk to is Jake Arians. Every other kicker I don't need to talk to. I'm like – Randy Bullock's t-
2: calves looked okay today, huh? My oh. God.
0: It's just like, please stop saying Cody Parkey's name before I have a heart attack. All right, Washington Washington football team going on the road to play the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals coming off a big victory against the old San Francisco 49ers. Listen, I was on a show this week in Chicago, and they are losing their damn minds about Kyler Murray in Arizona. Now, I'm so used to Arizona either A, flying under the radar or B, nobody giving a shit that it was – Or C,
1: overhyping the hell out of something that doesn't need to be overhyped.
0: Yeah, I I just, I was just, this was bizarre for me to be on ESPN in Chicago talking about the Arizona Cardinals and them being not only respectful of the Cardinals, but also just totally intrigued with this team. Uh, They are a seven point favorite at home against the Washington football team. Jake, do you think the Cardinals are going to take care of a seven point, they're going to cover this touchdown spread?
1: No, I think they go, they go to 2-0, and oh, but I don't think they cover seven. This is not a great matchup for them. As I said last week, it sounds a little funny to say that the 49ers would be a good matchup for them in week one where they could play loose. They got nothing to lose. The Niners are banged up. They play zone. There's not going to be a bunch of funky stuff going on. That ain't the case this week. This front seven, Kyler Murray is going to have to play the same way and run all over the place, but I'm not sure he's going to be able to do it the same way against this defense. Now, this Cardinals defense is getting a good matchup, But they just hung 27 unanswered on the Eagles defense, which is better than the Cardinals. Uh, I think they get it done, but they now have pressure. They're also hearing all the same stuff you were just talking about doing that show in Chicago. Last week they had nothing to lose. Nobody picked the Cardinals to go to San Francisco and win. They could go in there and play loose. Now they got a little bit of – they got a little expectations. They're coming back home. Seven points is a lot. Uh, And while I don't think Washington's any good, I know that front seven's damn good. I know Ron Rivera's damn good. And Dwayne Haskins played pretty good in the second half, brought that team back. That young offense is probably feeling themselves a little bit here and there. Uh, I don't think they cover it. I think they do. Uh,
2: I, I still want to see it again from, from Washington. It's more so like, I don't have any concerns about their front seven. We've, we've hyped that up from the beginning. I just think that Washington's offense has the potential just to bottom out completely. I mean, I know they look good at times in the second half there, but they also look horrible in the first half. They did. They did. I I don't know if they can keep up, especially if if Kyler can get out of the pocket. and avoid. I mean, he's going to get hit in this game, but if he can get out of the pocket and limit the amount of hits that he has, I think the Cardinals can do enough here. I think the Buda Baker, Patrick Peterson kind of combination there can bait Dwayne Haskins into some throws he does not want to make with the limited amount of weapons he does have. Um, I do like if you're, in a, if you're in a pickle, I think if you're looking outside the top 12, I think I have Logan Thomas in my top 15, just because we all know the Cardinals history with tight ends. Uh, as a deep flyer, but I think they can cover here. Uh, I don't think this is a blow. I don't think this is like a 20 point game. or I don't think this is like a Baltimore Ravens level blowout type thing that we've seen, but uh, I'm going to take a chance here that they can cover the spread or at least push with me
1: uh, and win by a touchdown. If they do, I'll feel a lot better about them. They, they have the potential. Yes. They still have, they have, to, they, they still have to prove they a lot. Cole's not going to play. So they already got a new offensive line combination and DeAndre Hopkins cannot get 40% of the air share and then put up enough points to be beating people by seven. They're going to have to figure out who the second complementary piece is to that. Uh, we'll see what they do in, in week two's adjustments. Uh, if they're feeling themselves a little bit, it'll be interesting. This defense is going to have to play good. Uh, you know, it, they're capable. I, I just, I'm going to have to see it. So I'm going to, I'm going to lean to go under that seven. All
0: right. Next uh, touchdown game here is the Baltimore Ravens. They are going on the road to play the 0 one Houston Texans. We're going to see Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson playing each other. Man, Houston is is going to be an interesting team. They've got quite a few tough matchups here. I think we went through their schedule the other day. They're beginning – it's a murderer's row uh, of the first couple of games. Even just having to play Kansas City and Baltimore back-to-back almost feels borderline ridiculous that that's how that worked out. But, Jake, Baltimore is a seven-point favorite on the road against Houston – uh, we've been critical of, of Houston and, and what they've, what they're going to look like this year. Uh, and Baltimore looked really damn good in week one. Do you think they can go on the road and cover seven?
1: If you told me it was 17, I'd have to think about it, but seven hell yeah, they're covering that. I got 31, 21 just to be safe, but I, I think this is a blowout of the week. I almost want to like lock it in at seven. Uh, just cause I haven't found anything that I really like enough to say lock yet. I think all the Ravens go off this week. Houston's defense sucks. David Johnson is interesting. He looked pretty good last week at times. You can run it on the Ravens a little bit, but you got to stay in the game long enough to run it. I don't think they do. Screw it. I'll lock it in. Baltimore covers that and kicks the shit out of the Texans. And there's all kinds of question marks flying. And the Bill O'Brien, when's it going to happen train starts after this one.
2: I agree with you. Uh, I'm with you on this one uh, with the Ravens here. This is again another bad matchup for Deshaun Watson, Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters on the outside. Who's going to get open? Uh, I was very disappointed with Deshaun Watson's performance uh, on the, in the opening game. Uh, he very much scrambled around and looked like a guy looking for DeAndre Hopkins, as we broke down afterward. Where you know he just did not have did not know where to go with the ball at times. And I know he does some magical things, but it's going to be a transition period for him. Uh, I, I just, don't, I don't see how they're going to be able to keep up with Baltimore here. And I don't worry about a letdown because of a, the way they're coached and b the way that last year they blew out teams by 28 plus a bunch. This is not a team that's going to be like, Matt's not used to that scenario and it's going to come back out flat. I, I just, there's nothing that Houston does in this game that I think the Ravens can't do better. And by the way, the Ravens can still run the ball more effectively as well. Uh, they they didn't have to run the ball a ton with Mark Ingram and company and even J.K. Dobbins. They can get run. They can run the ball here a lot if they want. Houston has not been good against running quarterbacks, and you know that Lamar Jackson fell is pretty decent at that when he's not throwing it down the field to Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews. So uh, I, I love this game. I, I like Ravens minus seven here on the road. Okay,
0: Ravens minus seven. Lock it in, Jake says. Kansas City Mark Andrews Chiefs. Andrews tight
2: end two this week.
0: Mark An- Ooh. I like it with George Kittle, uh, a little banged up, obviously it makes it easier for other people to creep up into the the higher level of tight end rankings. Had had himself a good week last week. Uh, Kansas City going on the road to play the LA Chargers. The LA Chargers that I'm just going to continue to be in a love-hate relationship with. Uh, The Kansas City Chiefs are a eight and a half point favorite going on the road here in the division. These two teams have played in some great matchups, but as of late, uh, it hasn't been so pretty for this uh, LA Chargers team. Luckily, they don't at least have to sit in a stadium that's completely empty with opposing fans or no fans from their own team. Uh, They're just going to be in the beautiful SoFi Stadium with no fans. So Kansas City going on the road. Jake, can this high-powered offense cover eight and a half points on the road?
1: Yeah, I got 30 to 20. I think they cover it fairly easy. They put up 16 on this Bengals team we just watched that the Browns just put up 35 on. Like, yeah, they held them to 13. Their defense is solid. But we're talking Patrick Mahomes put up 30 on everybody. 30. So I got him putting up 30. I got their defense playing pretty solid. and held them to 30. I don't know that they're capable of putting up more than 20 the way that this no. offense, they ran it 39 times or something like that last week. Like they want to do that, but that's going to be that game flow. That game plan is out in the first quarter. Cause you're down 14, nothing. Like I just, yes, I got Kansas city covering that. I, I think it's pretty easy. I almost want to lock that one in too.
2: I want you, those that are listening right now to close your eyes. And I want you to go and daydream a little bit. And I want you to tell me how you see this Los Angeles Chargers offense that you watched play 60 minutes of football against the team. We just watched get 35 points put on them by Baker Mayfield. And tell me how this team gets to 21. Dang. Patrick Mahomes is going to win this game by multiple touchdowns. This is not, I'm not worried at all. Uh, I'm going to lock this in at minus eight and a half. I already bet it at minus nine. Don't care that it went down a half point. Uh, this is one of my other locks of the week. Uh, I, I cannot see a way this is not a multi-score game. Uh, if the way, the absolute conservative nature that they this offense ran last week is going to be a death sentence against any other team like that. They, the fact that they could only muster 16 points against that Bengals defense when they were trying, when they were they had to go and win this game and that and they were barely hanging on there. Uh, I don't see it. Uh, I I can't see how they get in this game. I, I think the Chiefs blow
1: them out. I'm jumping on with you. I'll lock it in, too. why the Let's hell not? Go. We'll, we'll, we'll join. We'll join in the lock of the week on that one. I just I agree. I, I was I'm glad you said that because I literally cannot come up with anything that says they can hang with them. The Chiefs are hanging thirty on a bad week on damn near everybody. And and again, they're going to be
2: indoors. Like it's like I know they're traveling, but like who cares? They've had extra. By the way, also what's Andy Reid's record post bye week? He didn't get a full bye week, but he got a bye, He got a half a bye week. A half
1: pretty damn I good.
2: Just, but again, just I can't I, I if the, if one of two things has to happen for the Chargers to win this game. The Chargers are putting up 30 or Kansas City's putting up 20. And I don't know which one feels more ridiculous to me right now. I
1: don't know which, which one of those is the most ridiculous.
2: Which one would you would you be willing to like it, uh, this is one of those ones where like if I'm wrong, I'm willing to lose money to be wrong on this because I just don't see outside of an injury A scenario where this game is within 10 points.
0: Join us and make some money on Bet Online. As we said, eight and a half points, join the money train. We're locking this in across the board, mostly because as Jamie walked us through that scenario where we had to close our eyes and we're envisioning these things. I'm just really struggling with the fact that I just watched the Cincinnati team on Thursday night football and that garbage football team the la chargers could only put 16 points on i just i cannot um oh, no
2: and, and by the way chris jones gets to play a backup center this week Pouncey's on uh, so whoo.
0: yikes
2: i just I, I i don't i don't see it I'm, I'm i'm willing to lose money to be wrong on this like i don't yeah. i don't see a scenario where this is that close to the game
0: it's probably going to be worse than eight and a half. So this would literally um, be
2: like 16 and a half or 17. If this game was in Kansas city.
0: Yeah. It, I think it would be, it would at least be 12 for sure. 12 to 15 points. Um, I know the
2: metrics say that this would be closer to like 14 and a half. I think it would be higher if this was in Kansas city. Like, yeah, I think this is a, ugly. a favorable line.
0: Yeah. Very, very ugly. All right. The game I'm most looking forward to. The New England Patriots going on the road to play the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks are a four-point favorite at home. Why am I excited for this game? Because I am all aboard the Russell Wilson MVP train. I am driving it. I I am the captain. I want to drive the train the whole season. So I am praying that Pete Carroll lets my boy, Cook, and lets him throw the damn football and lets him put up a bajillion points in this game against this New England team because I think the hype off of the Cam Newton Week One shenanigans is it's not going to happen. They're not going to do this in Seattle this week. And I'm all in. And if I was picking, I would be locking in Seattle minus four against this New England Patriots team. Jake, what are you doing in this one?
1: Locking in that minus four. Let's go. I think this could be damn near like the game we just talked about. I think the Patriots' defense is still pretty good. So say they hold them to 24 to 27. I don't think the Patriots can score more than 17, maybe 20. I wrote down 28-17. That's what I'll go with. I'm locking in the minus four. Russell Wilson feasts. I think they have a solid offensive game plan. And here's the reason why. I was wrong on the Jamal Adams thing. I didn't think he'd make that big of a difference on this defense because they have never used anybody like they used him last week. That son of a gun was everywhere. And and that's
2: everywhere. Like I watched the film on that game. It's ridiculous.
1: I did too. I went back because I wanted to see. I started hearing all this hype, and I watched some of it live and he was flying around everywhere. They blitzed him. He was in the box. He was roaming the back end. He was everywhere. If if the Patriots are going to go in there, and I keep seeing this is the game plan to win because Brady couldn't do it, and let's do Newton's athleticism. You're going to throw it 15 times or run it 15 times. You're going to lose by 20. Jamal Adams and Bobby Wagner can handle cam running. Yes, they can. Yeah.
2: So I'm not going to lock it in, but I do like this. Uh, I like Seattle minus four. I'm, I'm, I am i i do not think I've ever locked a game against Belichick. So I'm going to keep that going, but uh, I do like this a lot. I watched every offensive snap because I'm a lunatic for whatever reason that, uh, in that Patriots-Dolphins game because I went back because a lot of times just things can get lost in those 10 a.m. games when there are so many things happening. I swear, go back and watch that game. Even if you have to go, go back and watch the condensed version, you can watch it all in 40 minutes. The Dolphins looked like they had never seen Cam Newton play a football game before. They were grossly – and I'm shocked for, for somebody in uh, Brian Flores' pedigree. They looked grossly incompetent. To handle what Cam Newton for was,
1: four safeties and dime at one
2: point. Like I, it was, they that. ran Car- New England ran Carolina's playbook. Like it wasn't anything. Cam Newton looked good, but he didn't run anything that we haven't seen Cam Newton run. And Miami was just woefully unprepared to handle it, or they just didn't think he could. One, they made one of two decisions: they didn't think that he was going to be that player, so they didn't prepare for it, or they just did not, or they forgot who Cam Newton was.
0: I because- understand. Yeah, I understand. and re- remind
1: me of the score against the Dolphins. 21-11 is that what it yes is? 21-11 yeah. what in the hell gives you confidence beating the dolphins at home 21-11 with 15 passes and 15 runs that they're going to do that to seattle we, we be we,
2: way more bared.
1: we killed Fame. seattle's roster this is the most talent russell wilson's had an offense he, he's that's why one of the reasons he's looking more spectacular than ever but, dude, Jamal Adams is making a difference. The way that they're – they're going to use him like they did last week. And by all accounts, he's probably going to be spying camp because I don't know what other offensive game plan the Patriots can employ. They can't. He hasn't been no. there long enough to do anything else, and he can't really do anything else.
2: No. and For so so him to Michelle's be
1: somewhat different. effective, they have to play him like he did last week. He was pulling at his hamstrings. I don't know that he makes it out of this game, if that's going to be the case.
2: Uh, it's uh, – this is going to be an interesting – it's going to be an interesting game. And, by the way, just, it's
1: on prime time.
2: A Sunday night football. It's going to be so much fun to watch. And, and I'm already sick of seeing the, the play from the one yard line. I'm already sick of it. It hasn't even happened yet. I'm already sick of it because we're going to see that no less than 20 times leading into that game. Uh, but yeah, to me, I just, I want to see what happens when the defense actually prepares to play Cam Newton. Like I, I know that seems like uh, I'm not, and I, I've, I've sp- spoken glowingly of Brian Flores, especially for the way they performed last year, but go back and watch that game. They would, they did not play a defensive game that looked like they were playing against Cam Newton. And so I don't know if they got info that he didn't look good and like, nope, we're going to make him. I don't know what happened there because they were just absolutely bullied uh, by Cam Newton in that game. And they didn't even look like they cared. Uh, It was just, it was very odd to me. And I do not think that Seattle will be caught by surprise.
0: You, you almost, as I talked to Kyle Krabs from the draft network, who obviously what you he he have
2: to say, them. actually, I haven't talked to him about this.
0: Yeah. So he covers the Miami dolphins and he's actually been virtually in zoom with, with Brian Flores all throughout camp. And he's been doing, you know, a lot of interviews and watching this in depth. And he, he thought, listen, he understood in the first half a little bit, you're going, okay, let's test cam let's see if he can run. Right. Cause the, I get that. I understand. Okay. You might want to watch him do it before you're going to go all in on that. But then in the second half to make no adjustments after you did see that and they don't change things up and they aren't prepared for that. You have to prepare for the old ham. Even if you were like, Hey, we're going to stay back and make him show it to us first. You still had to prepare for it. So he was really disappointed. And they were, like, they were
1: in that game. They were. make those adjustments.
0: said. They were in the first half, half and,
2: who knows what happens if Fitzpatrick doesn't throw three picks? I know Nikhil Harry fumbles the ball out of the end zone and, and all that, but th- th- this didn't this wasn't a blowout in the traditional sense at all, and this wasn't out of hand until late. And they just no. Miami just seemed woefully unprepared to handle the quarterback they were facing. They looked like they were prepared for Stidham.
1: Yeah, and
2: they're like, oh no, we have a guy that's gonna that's gonna run a quarterback power on us, and we're just gonna be nowhere on that side of the field. Like it yeah. just. I have to mention
1: they don't off. have anywhere near the personnel that Seattle has, and Bobby Wagner and Jamal no. Adams to stop that.
0: Yeah, it's um. I just think I think it's gonna be I think Edelman's banged
1: up. Like this, just not yeah. it's not it's just, a good night to be on prime time for the Patriots at all. It's, and th- it's, it's in Seattle, right? Yeah, it's, it's in Seattle. Seattle. Yeah, so they got to go across the country too. I, I just I don't know.
0: Sign me up for the Russell Wilson campaign. I'm I'm all aboard, especially especially if he really takes care of business on primetime against this New England team and Cam Newton and. They really handle things like I think they can. I don't
1: think by week 10 we're going to be anywhere near as impressed as we are when he kicks the shit out of them Sunday night. and We all overreact like it's a giant big deal. But because I don't think the Patriots will be will be talking about them the same way in week 10 or 12 by then. But it's going to be a big deal next week.
0: Oh, yeah. If they, if they do that, it will be a big deal. Uh, all right, guys. We've made it through all of the games here. Uh, got a couple of great locks. So I hope you all, uh, jump in on bet online and have the ability to, uh, play along with us and, and enjoy the money train. As I said earlier, yes, Jamie, what you got?
2: Got one more lock. Um, it's a little bit creative. Uh, so this will be my third one. Uh, and it's a teaser. It's a six point teaser for this game. I found I found something that (laughs) I I just did not want to pass up and it plays off a little bit of ones we already have. So you can get this. It's a three legs. So three things have to happen. It's plus plus one fifty-one. So you would win $151 on a $100 bet. Uh, that is Minnesota, Indianapolis over 42. Talked about how I'm already taking the, the over 48. Buccaneers minus two and a half and Chiefs minus two and a half.
0: Oh, love. So Big love.
2: That is my, my six-point teaser for the week. So to have Buccaneers and Chiefs win by a field goal or more and then Minnesota Indy over 42. So that, that is my teaser of the week.
0: Love
1: that! Love it! Love that's it!
0: That's a that's a great teaser, Jamie. I think those are uh, those are all looking good to me. So I think that's the that's a good way to end the pod. Final thoughts here, Jake, as we uh, head into week two of the NFL, the most unpredictable week of the year.
1: It is, and I say it every year. It's the most unpredictable week to pick, to bet, to know what you're going to get. And I think we'll know a lot more about a lot of these teams after week two. I said that last year, and we we didn't. But most years after two weeks, you do, and you. It's, it's so hard because teams make so many adjustments and you don't know what's going on behind closed doors Monday through Sunday. And uh, this, especially with everything weird going on, no fans makes a difference, but uh, I'm excited to see what we're going to get. I, I have a pretty decent feeling about some of these teams. I'm really excited to see if any of those cement that in my brain.
0: Okay, Jamie.
2: Yeah, I'm, I always look forward to week two to see what was real and what was not or what's trending in the right direction. Because it's so easy, even if you tell yourself not to, to get overhyped when you only see one game. You only have one thing to look at, especially with no preseason. So we have no other context for anything but what we're seeing in, in week one. So I'm looking to see who can kind of continue that trend in week two, who's doing the right things. Uh, and, you know, week two is kind of all over the place. I think we did pretty well last year. Two years ago, we got smoked. Uh, on our pick. So it's kind of been all over the place. We're going to kind of be living and dying together for the most part. We only had two games different this week uh, and that's the Eagles Rams game. Uh, and we have different winners in that one. And then the, the Cardinals Washington game where we have the same winner, but just different spreads. So uh, I'm really looking forward to it. We're going to, we're going to live or die with these picks this week. I, I hope it's going to be another good week. And there are a lot of really interesting matchups. There are a lot of teams that have playoff hopes that are own one. There's a lot of and one versus and one teams that both think that they can be playoff contenders this year. It's going to be an uphill battle for half of them. So I'm really looking forward to it. Some really good primetime game. I think I think New England-Seattle is going to be a fun game to watch. So I think it's going to be, as we've pointed out, a narrative buster. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to that. And I'm really looking forward to watching those Seattle players fly around in primetime.
0: I'm excited because I think on Monday's show, we might have to play a little game of contender or pretender after we get uh, through this week two of the NFL and talk about after these games are over some of the storylines and some of the narratives around these teams about, okay, what's changed and who's a contender and who's a pretender uh, after two weeks of football and, and revisit that as we go throughout the season. So looking forward to seeing how things shake out in week two, a lot of great matchups. Uh, good, good kickoff to the week, man. That's a big shout out to uh, Joe Burrow who made things interesting tonight on Thursday night football. Cause I was not all that enticed to watch that football game. I did not think we would get that much excitement, but man, he made things exciting. And I think, good Lord, get that man an offensive line so we can watch some good football in Cincinnati. Cause I would love to see Baker and Joe Burrow go at it for a long period of time in Ohio. That would be very fun to see those two for a long period of time. Jake, keep losing, they,
2: so if they keep losing there, there's, there's a guy sitting up there in Eugene that would look real Where nice.
0: Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah it is. sure it would look good in uh in bagel stripes i'm quite sure that uh joe burrow, yeah i'm sure jake i'm sure uh, joe burrow would be very excited about having him uh blocking for him in front of him so jake how can everybody follow you on social media
1: jake baryans on twitter
0: and jamie
2: you follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter. And one last quick note, don't be afraid to start your Seahawks receivers this week. I've got a lot of questions already about it. Should I start Lockett and Metcalf? Most people are starting Lockett, but like, should I start Metcalf? Should I start these guys? Dude, I I know it's a tougher matchup with New England than you'd like, but I think there's going to be fireworks in this it's game. a great so point, Jamie.
1: More. I saw somebody that said the Panthers receivers are the best start of the week. They're full of shit.
2: No, they're not. They're not the rest if you've listened to the show you'll know if you read the draft you'll know everybody else will catch up around week six or week seven or week eight but uh no it's it all actually based off
1: t- of last year's rankings weeks one through eight yes. and they didn't catch up enough to not be the 31st pass defense in the league yes. last year but they're not that no. is a Buccaneers
2: stupid, are stupid fantasy for- defense this week as well absolutely so, I, and for the next few weeks they have i think four straight favorable matchups for fantasy purposes so um i i targeted them in a lot of leagues and they're available in a lot of places because people have not caught up yet
0: uh yeah oh by the way uh we put our money where our mouth is because i have tampa bay's defense starting in two out of the three of my leagues as well uh you guys can follow me and i have at them the, in the other yeah <laughs> so. and you have them and you have them in the other league where i can't have them so uh you guys can follow me at the underscore sports page with an i on both twitter and instagram you can follow the show at TDN Fantasy. Be sure to check out everything, uh, all the content we'll have coming out this weekend at thedraftnetwork.com. And don't forget to join Premium Slack on Sunday mornings to do start and sit. So If you aren't a premium member yet, you got to become a premium member and come in there and, and join us on Sunday mornings ahead of week two. Enjoy.
1: Thank you for listening to Believe.